I have to stop you from passing the peace. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. If we haven't met before, my name's Denise Dines, and I've called Axiom home maybe like six years, I don't know, six or seven years. Seven sounds like a long time. Anyway, sometimes I teach, and, and that would include today. And today, we are opening up a new sermon series that we're pretty excited about. We are going to crack open the book of Acts. Yes, very exciting. Um, this is our history. This is our early church history. And so, as a church, we're going to spend the summer in Acts, and then we'll take a little break, but we'll come back to it. So, in the end, it might be a long time from now, we really will work our way all the way through Acts, so it will be very good. Now, something else is new this morning uh, for the very first time, very first time at Axiom. The scripture will not be on the screen. So, we provided Bibles that are, uh, the print is a little bigger than, I don't know if you ever saw the Bibles that used to be in here and you had to like, okay, now the print is a little bigger. Every table around the room has a Bible, um, but I recognize there are more of you here than there are little tables. So, if you need a Bible, um, you can raise your hand, and we have some extras, and our welcome crew are happy to hand out any Bibles. So, I feel like an evangelist. I see a hand, brother. <laughs> I know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I see a hand. Thank you, Jesus. There's another hand. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> All right. Now, um, I don't know if you're probably like me in this degree because we're all human, where we put an extra should on ourselves that doesn't need to be there, where you might be telling yourself that you should know how to look things up in the Bible. You're like, oh, I've been going to church a long time, or I'm a certain age, I should know. There's no should. You don't have, you know, if you don't know how to do this, you are in good company. It's just fine. And we've been doing it on the screen the whole time, so you haven't had to. So, you know, there's that. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 1. So we'll just take the time to, to find it. Um, it's in the New Testament. And, you know, spoiler alert, there, there is actually a table of contents in the Bible. So in that way, it is like an ordinary book. So you could find Acts that way. But also, the Old Testament and the New Testament aren't split 50-50. If you open your Bible in the middle, it'll probably come open to Psalms. Oh, I lied. This one's Song of Songs. But somewhere in there, and you'll just keep flipping, flipping, flipping to the end of the book. And when you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the very beginning of the New Testament, and Acts is like right after it. So we can just take a moment and get settled, find it, so we can kind of I always like to breathe for a minute, so, but I wanted us to find our spot first, if we could do that. And, and uh, the house lights are up, which is really fun for me because I can see you, and I, and I like that. But it's, it's much better for you because then you can see the Bible and we all win. So take a minute. You all look settled. Okay, well, I know Amy led us in a little breathing exercise, so I'll just do, I'll be real brief, but it's mostly for me. So if we could just take a moment and close our eyes, or if that's not comfortable for you, you could just have a soft gaze and just take a couple deep breaths in. Try to draw it down to your belly if you can. And just settle into your seat. If you have any tension in your jaw, your shoulders, just relax. 
God, we just thank you that you are with us in this space this morning, that you got us out of bed and brought us here together. Thank you that you love us, just really love us as we are in our chairs or on our feet right now, including any aches and pains we might have or emotions or persistent thoughts. You love us as is, and we thank you for that. Would you help us to take any persistent thoughts and put them on a shelf this morning? We trust you and ask you if there's something important on that shelf to remind us when it's time to take it back down so that we can just be present this morning. I ask that you would minimize my words and maximize yours. Be the translator this morning. And help us to enter into this, this wonderful bit of history um, in the book of Acts and stir something up. Do your work. So thank you so much. Amen. All right. So we're just going to be in um, verses 1 through 8. And we'll just dig in. He says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion... While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. And I'm actually going to stop right there before the command. I just want to say this very part in my former book, Theophilus, blah, blah, blah. You know, this was written by Luke. That's what history tells us. And Luke also wrote the Gospel of Luke. So before a long time ago when they decided the order of the books of the Bible, Luke and Acts were together. And it was like part one, part two, like a series. And so Acts was written by Luke. We don't know who Theophilus was. I don't know if he was um, a follower of Jesus or if he was merely someone who was just kind of curious and, and Luke was sharing the whole story with him, but we get to join in with Theophilus and, and listen along. And, and Luke is just saying, hey, in that first book, the book of Luke, I told the story of Jesus. And then if you remember, he, he suffered. He died on the cross, and then he became alive again. And then he showed himself alive and proved that he was alive for over 40 days. So we're caught up. And then he said on one of those occasions, Jesus was alive again, spending time with the disciples. It says he gave this, them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he had told them this before. And this was when he was saying, hey guys, a few days, you're going to receive this Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we know the disciples were, were Jewish, and the Old Testament has a lot of mentions of the Holy Spirit, so this wasn't something they had never heard of, but this was very remarkable that they would receive the Holy Spirit. They would have heard it taught in the creation story, the Spirit hovers over the deep. They would have heard it with like Moses and Joshua and King David, and, and they would have heard it with um, the prophets and so many other occasions in the Old Testament where the Spirit would come to someone and then something really remarkable would take place. And that is that association with the Spirit. And now he's telling them, hey, I know you guys are like ordinary people. <laughs> you're not like great religious leaders. You know, you're just like normal guys, normal people. Um, the Holy Spirit is going to, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And, 
and in a few days. I mean, this is like mind-blowing. But it gets even better. I love the language baptize, and it's a fun word. The Greek word comes from a root word called bapto, which means to dip. So if they were dyeing a garment, you'd take your white garment and, and dip it in maybe some red dye, and it would be something new when it comes out. Bapto, <laughs> you would dip. And the word baptized comes from that root word. So um, I saw something recently where there was a Greek poet no, he wasn't, I don't know what he was, but he wrote a recipe for pickles in like 200 BC. And both of those words are used, the root word, bapto, and then the, the real word, baptized, that you see here. And what it says is you take your vegetable and you bapto it in boiling water. And then you take it out and then you baptize it in a vinegar solution. So it's two words, both verbs, used in the same little recipe. But you see, when it comes out of the vinegar solution, it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new thing. And he, he says, he compares this receiving of the Holy Spirit to baptism that John the Baptist did with water. So back then, uh, and you know, we would read this in the beginning of, of maybe the Gospel of Luke or, or any of these Gospels, they were baptized in water, and we do the same thing. It's a symbol of repentance, a turning around, where, where you're saying, you know what, I'm done with my old way, my way of thinking, my way of operating, and I'm going to dip myself in this water, and I'm going to come out, and it's going to be a symbol that this is a new life for me, and my new life involves I'm going to follow the way of God. I'm going to follow the way of Jesus. And, and that is a baptism, the vinegar solution. You know, you come out changed. And then he uses the same word for receiving the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized, dipped in the Holy Spirit. I mean, th this is really, really remarkable. And, and then they respond. So let's, let's see how they respond. You know, he tells them this is incredible. In a couple days, get ready, guys. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> now, Rick was here a couple weeks ago, and he taught on this same thing if you were here. They have Rome on their minds, if you don't notice. Is this the time that Rome's going to stop oppressing us? I do think they heard him. I think they heard about the Holy Spirit. I do. I think they heard the gravity of it and how ama amazing that is. But they were still holding on to this idea that Jesus has come to create an earthly kingdom so that Rome no longer will oppress them. And it just probably, I, can't you just picture them hearing Jesus' words through that lens? Oh, we're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, then Rome will be overthrown. It all makes sense. We've been waiting and waiting, but here we'll be, finally, finally. Well, let's see how Jesus responds. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's so good that I'm not Jesus, because I'm not as nice. I, it seems like he could have said, guys, that's such a dumb idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like are, are, now you're going to do what I want? And he, did, he didn't shame them at all. He didn't say, what are you talking about? God doesn't care about that. 
He didn't say that. It sounds like God cares very much about that. All he said was, you know what? It's not our business to know the time and the how. You know, I, I, let me give you something else to focus on instead. And you, you've probably heard the story of like how to catch a monkey. Have you guys, I, I've never tried this. I don't know if it's actually true. I've no need to catch any monkeys. But they say you get like a jar with a, a closed neck, you know, and put some kind of monkey bait in there. I don't know if they like food or shiny things. But anyway, the, the point is they will reach their little hand in to get the, the object, and then their fist, then they can't pull their hand out, and they're trapped, and they just won't let go. Well, I think this idea of Rome, even though it mattered, it affected their lives. They weren't asking God for a pony. This was like a really big deal that they were oppressed by Rome, but it still had them trapped. And Jesus didn't untrap them by saying, your idea is dumb or stop wanting things. He doesn't say that to us. Many times he says, if you're anxious about something, would you ask me? <laughs> and he says, ask me repeatedly, like somebody in the night knocking on their neighbor's door over and over and over and over again. We can continue to ask him for what we want. But he doesn't want us to be trapped and stuck. And when we were baptized in water, we were stepping forward and making the declaration, you know what, you can be the line leader. You're the line leader from now on. That's what that baptism in water is. And the baptism in the Spirit is now giving you the power to do the things he wants you to do. And so he's saying, if you really want to follow me, can I give you something else to focus on? God cares about this, but here's something for you. The Spirit is going to come upon you with power, and you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is where they were, in Samaria, a little farther out, well, Judea, then Samaria, a little farther out, and to the ends of the earth. That's actually the table of contents for the book of Acts right there. We will see this happen. So here's my question for us this morning. What is your Rome? What is my Rome? Could be something very good. It could be a desire that God planted in you or in me. You know? something he cares about. Maybe it's something that's not good, that isn't doing you any good, like an addiction, but God still cares. He cares about why you're driven to this. And he, he cares about, he just cares about us, but he doesn't want us to be stuck and trapped. And the fullest life we have is a life in the kingdom. And that kingdom goes back to the garden, walking and talking with God naked and unashamed. And, and that's what we get with the Holy Spirit. We get the opportunity to have something to witness about, <laughs> a real life with Jesus, real experiences with him. And then you're not giving some kind of weird sales pitch. Don't do sales pitch for Jesus. But when you have Jesus in your life, it shows. When you have this friend, and then all these stories come alive. They come alive, and they're real. So that's what I want to leave us with this morning. What is our Rome? It could be like a big Rome, you know, something huge, something political, healing, a family. Again, I'm not saying God doesn't want to accomplish those things. He cares. 
Um, I had a small room on Friday. I was trying to do this sermon, and I, I, but yet I wanted to have just a quiet time with Jesus unrelated to the sermon, and it was really hard to let go of the sermon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like a little realm. Got to let this go. It's okay. It's okay. I can spend time with him, not for this. Yeah. So I'm just going to pray this morning. God, thank you so much for your word and for the disciples that came before us, um, the other saints who are cheering us on, great cloud of witnesses. You say in your word that you reveal the deep and the hidden things. Would you reveal the deep and the hidden things within us, the perspective that we may have, a Rome that we're holding on to that's clouding our vision? You are faithful, and you don't want us to be stuck. We thank you for that. Would you reveal it to us this morning and in the week to come so that we would follow you and live that life of being completely immersed in your Holy Spirit to have a rich relationship with you that we freely share with others. Amen.